The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio. Once again, this is episode number 194. Getting perilously close to that number, uh, episode number 200. With me again this week, my friend and yours, Jason Linton. How are you today, Jason? I'm doing well. How are you, Chad? Oh, I'm doing great. So, you know, pitchers and catchers reported to spring training. You excited to talk baseball? God, I'm so ready to talk baseball. <laughs> you know, that phrase, pitchers and catchers, report to uh, Cincinnati Reds uh, spring training. It's just it's just a glorious phrase. And uh, it's to me, it's always been the signifier that, hey, winter's over. Uh, whether it is technically or not, winter's over. Spring is here. And, uh, you know, there are actual Cincinnati Reds on a an actual baseball field doing actual baseball activities. What, 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 does that, uh, what does that do for you, Jason? It's just the most beautiful thing. Um, you know, I, I'm fond of saying that there are two seasons, baseball and winter. Um, oh, I, I, well, I, usually I would agree. But since I got criticized on Twitter last week for talking about the Virginia basketball so much uh, during the last podcast, I'm going to go ahead and bring them up right off the top here. Your number one ranked Virginia Cavaliers, Jason. It must be a nice moment for you. <laughs> it's a good moment for me. I've suffered a lot. But speaking of suffering, let's talk about the Cincinnati Reds. Okay. <laughs> Jason, this is a this is going to be a topic that's going to get both of us excited. And, and we're optimistic anyway. We're probably uh, Pollyanna uh, ish in some ways, uh, maybe. But this is the, just the best news. Um, so the Athletic, you know, our buddy C. Trent Rosecrans is now writing for theathletic.com, and uh, he had a a piece today. The headline of which reads this. Top prospect Nick Senzel focused on playing shortstop at his first Reds camp. Now you tell me what that, just that one sentence. What what does that? How does that make you feel? Ah, uh, excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, you know it's one of those things. The whole Nick Senzel thing is so interesting because. It is so clear. It's one of those things where I believe you're familiar. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the uh, concept of circumstantial evidence. I am, as a matter of fact. I, I believe you've had some professional interaction with a that. A little bit. A little bit of experience with that. And it's like if you ask them directly, they're like, well, blah, blah, third baseman. But all of the circumstantial evidence says, no, 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 he's playing second or short. Right. <laughs> like, um, and, and, and that's just how it's going to be. And Great. It was circumstantial until today when it turns out that he, Senzel's been in uh, Goodyear for more than a month now. Yeah. Taking ground balls at uh, shortstop, second base. Um, and Dick Williams, uh, general manager of the Reds. Of course, if you don't know who Nick Senzel is, I guess um, 
I'll be surprised. <laughs> but let me let's go ahead and say he's the Reds' top prospect, number two overall pick, uh, not this past year, but the year before in the draft. Just uh, he's ready for the big leagues. He's blown through the minors. He is um, hashtag big league ready. He is. I mean, he this guy's fantastic. Been a third baseman in, in um, since he began playing professional baseball. He was a third baseman at the University of Tennessee as well. But he was also a second baseman and a shortstop while he was there, and he was a shortstop in high school. And uh, Dick Williams, uh, Cincinnati Reds general manager, another friend of the podcast, um, who I think we're going to hopefully have back on in an episode here really soon again. But uh, he said that uh, Sinzel expressed a desire to do it, and Williams said it makes sense for us. We've always said you let people play themselves off the premium spots. There's no reason I think he shouldn't get some time there and show us what he can do. So essentially what Williams said is, and this is what we, we were talking about the circumstantial evidence, now there's some some actual physical evidence here. Yeah. Uh, Williams is going to have him working at shortstop and second this spring. And, and Can we just talk about how great it is that the number one draft pick is like, sure, I'll change positions and I'll show up a month early and start working on it? And not, not just, okay, I'll do whatever you need me to do, which would be great, you know, um, yeah. but, hey, let me try shortstop, the hardest defensive position. I can handle it. Let me, let me try it and yeah. show up early and work. Uh, you know, to improve his skills, to sort of remind himself how to play that position. It really is for a guy that could be, I'm a third baseman. I was a number two overall pick. I'm destroying the minors. You know, move Suarez. Yeah. Um, or trade me. Or trade me, right. I mean, you know, um, it's refreshing. It's it's yet another uh, thing to add on the list of reasons why we're excited to see Nick Senzel. And, uh, would you like to engage in some wild fantasy with me here for just a moment? Pretty much. Uh, that's the only reason I wanted to do this podcast tonight, because I'm fully expecting plenty of wild fantasy. So let's just imagine the following magical scenario, okay? We've got Joey Votto and a Eugenio Suarez at the corners. Pretty good corners. Uh, Dilson Herrera, fresh from surgery, fully rehabilitated, finally becomes the player that he's supposed to have been. And Nick Senzel slots in at shortstop and is who we know he will be. Oh, my goodness. Can you – that – can you – I mean, <laughs> Billy Hamilton could hit a buck 50, and that would still be one of the best offensive teams in the league, I feel like. Yeah, you know, it, it really changes the way I look at this uh, rebuilding process for the Cincinnati yeah. Reds. Because all of a sudden you get a guy like Senzel. If he can handle – I mean, even if he's just average defensively. At shortstop. And listen, that may be asking a lot. We're engaging in some fantasy. Playing shortstop in the major leagues is really, really, really hard. But think, just let's let's put that aside. What if he can play just an average defensive shortstop? To me, you've got a guy that's an all-star level shortstop almost immediately. And possibly a ceiling of uh, best shortstop in baseball. Yeah, I mean... If he can hit like like he's probably going to hit and he is average at shortstop, then he is a perennial MVP contender. Yeah, absolutely. Like, every year. He's, I mean, probably not quite peak A-Rod, but like, you know, a notch or two below peak A-Rod is really not that bad. <laughs> yeah, really. Give me that guy. Uh, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that. And you're right. What it does, you know, we've sort of talked about the things the Reds need to do to fill in some of the holes around the uh, around the the diamond as they continue this rebuilding process and they get to a point where they're starting to, you know, they know what they got and they're starting to fill in some spots. We'd kind of always said, well, you know, shortstop and center field are two places where defensively, you know, we need some help. 
well, what if shortstop is not? Think about that. Tell me what that looks like if shortstop's not a place where we need another guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would be flabbergasted. I mean, if he can, if he can play short, it just, if he can play short, I don't need the Reds to do anything until somebody shows them they need to do something. Yeah. I mean, I I can wait for Trammell. Sure. And and we can handle, you know, second base becomes, uh, you know, more of a weakness than we thought it was because we've been sort of expecting Senzel to play second, but You know, give me a scooter for a year or two. Give me a Dilson Herrera, maybe. You know, Peraza. They have 17 second basemen, Chad. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Alex Blandino. I mean, you've got a bunch of guys. You know, I I think, frankly, Alex Blandino is probably completely passable as a second baseman. A lot of people have this notion that he can play short, and I've seen him play in Louisville, and he cannot. Um, which he's fine. He would be fine as like a, somebody's hurt for a couple of days. He could fill in. Yeah. But he doesn't have the he doesn't have the range to play short on a regular basis. Um, but he's totally fine at like second or third or whatever. So I I don't see any reason why he couldn't be a very solid starting like second baseman in the major leagues. It's just that there are you know three or four guys with much higher ceilings ahead of him. Um. So yeah, I mean. If second base just becomes average and shortstop becomes superstar on the roster, uh, I can probably live with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it just it, it's it's almost too much to believe that that could actually be a possibility. Uh, about Blandino, yeah, I mean, I think he could, he's one of these sort of. He'll be twenty five this year. He's a guy that maybe you know he's not going to be a star, but he could handle the handle the position defensively and offensively probably. Um, Scooter, you know, I mean, Scooter, he's not probably not going to be the Scooter we saw last year, but he could be passable for a year or two if we had to. Dilson Herrera, who they said today they've got working at second and third base, trying to give him every yeah. opportunity to make the team. He's not a shortstop. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, I mean, there are, there are a lot of options at second base. You know, Shed Long is not that far away if he continues to progress. Uh, you know, that might be the next second baseman. For the Reds, so yeah, Shed Long. That's how many second basemen are. I forgot for a moment that Shed Long existed. Yeah, who will you know at some point probably this year be in Triple A? So he's he's very close. Yeah. So you know, it's a the Reds have some options at second base. They have very few options. I mean, I've been worried about who's going to be the backup shortstop. The Reds signed yeah. uh, Cliff Pennington today to a minor league yeah. deal, and I thought, well, this guy's played more shortstop in the big leagues than anybody in in Reds camp. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm, he's going to he's going to be a backup shortstop for Peraza. Which, I mean, you know, that's the – I think we as Reds fans are kind of spoiled because shortstop has normally been a pretty – in our lifetimes has been a pretty uh, pretty solid position. Um, You're thinking about Felipe Lopez, aren't you? <laughs> yes. I thought you were. Lopez forever. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, except for those few years between Larkin and Cozart, when even then they often – it's not like they had terrible shortstops. Um, it's been a long time of stability for the Reds at shortstop and – uh Whereas the norm for, for most organizations is that shortstop is the shallowest position because it's the hardest one to play. That's why guys can hit like, you know, Ozzie Smith hit when he came up or David Concepcion hit when he came up and stick at shortstop because shortstop is really hard. It It, it is very hard, yes. And we have been – we've been very fortunate, certainly during our lifetimes. But, uh, you know, we, we say that we've seen a lot of shortstops, good shortstops in Cincinnati – but that doesn't mean that there are a lot of good shortstops, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and if you can get your top prospect can can play a passable shortstop, it just changes. To me, it changes everything. It just yeah. second base to shortstop, 
because you can find second baseman easier than you can find shortstop because there are a lot of guys that can't handle shortstop. Just think about how much money it takes to find like a really good shortstop on the open market versus how much money it takes to find a good second baseman. Yeah, I mean, it just it. I can't stress enough how much it would change the way I look at uh, the way I look at this team going forward. Um, and since that was quoted today, they're going to give me a shot over there. I got to make the most of it. That's where my focus is right now. Playing short. He, he wants to play it. Yeah. Um, I, Which, just, I hope he can handle it. And I, I mean, I, I will say, I, I felt like this or something like it has been coming for a while. Um, remember, like last season, I did an article um, for Cincinnati Magazine about how the Reds develop players. And I talked to Jeff uh, Grappe, mm-hmm. the head of player development, um, for it. And he was, he said, I asked him about, specifically about Senzel. Um, because he was seemed to be blocked, and he started talking about what the Cubs do and how, you know, a lot of Cubs players play a lot of different positions, um, and that that was something that the Reds were looking to duplicate. Because, right. you know, if you have guys who can readily move around, it makes it a lot easier. And if you think about, I mean, you know, the Big Red Machine had that; they had several guys who kind of shifted positions. Um, when there was somebody ready to come up and they needed somebody to move. Um, and so, you know, if the Reds can do that, then great, you know, and if Sinzel can play short, I don't think really, I haven't seen anybody express doubt that he can play second. Yeah, um, I agree. And so really, I mean, it, it, it seems to me like he's basically, as soon as they decide it's time to call him up, which will be either, two weeks after the season starts or about two and a half months after the season starts, just depending on how they want to play that game. Um, he will be the starting second baseman if he's not apparently the starting shortstop. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the overwhelming impression that I think we have to have to take. No, I agree. And, and, and Dick Williams did say, when you get to the season, you narrow your focus. He's going to be playing no more than two spots. I think really the question is going to be, are, are those two spots going to be shortstop and second, or are they going to be third and second? Yeah. Um, is this shortstop experiment going to work? Um, yeah, and there's been some noise about the outfield, but I don't see how that happens. Because, I don't either. I don't see why it would. Yeah. You know. We've got um, enough outfielders right now. <laughs> we've got too many outfielders right yeah. now. So uh, since we're engaged in that fantasy, let's let's just look at the lineup. June okay. 1st. June All 1st, right. everybody's healthy because everybody stays healthy in Cincinnati, Jason Linden. Right, obviously. Yes. Um, everybody's healthy. We've got a, a catcher named Tucker Barnhart. All right. Ably backed up by a completely healthy Devin Mezzarocco, because he's always healthy. Oh, sing to me, Chad. Sing to me. <laughs> but uh, Barnhart's your starting catcher, uh, primary right. catcher. Uh, Votto, do you know this guy? I'm aware of him. Joey Votto. He's the first baseman. He's a yeah. future Hall of Famer, in my yeah. opinion. Um uh, and, and let me just say here, if you don't follow Jason at Jason Linden on Twitter, when the season starts, you're going to want to because of three little words. What are those Coffee words, Jason? Vado. Coffee. Coffee. Say it. Say it. Coffee and Vado. Coffee and Vado uh, every morning. Not every morning, but very often Jason gets up and he, I don't blame you, man. That's a good way to start the day looking at uh, Joey Vado stats. It's uh, It gets more regular as the season progresses. Um and also when school gets out, because I'm a teacher. There you so go. There's, there's no coffee in Vado at 6:30 in the morning when Ooh. I have when I'm driving to work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd say not. But if, if you all would like, listeners would like to take up a collection and pay me to just tweet about Joey Vado and Lou <laughs> of having a real career. Boy, that'd be a job. I'm up for it. And yeah. 
you know, find me on the internet and message me and we'll talk terms. Somebody start the, the uh, Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, so you got Barnhart, you got Vado. Let's say Scooter at second. Let's say uh, Sinzel at short. Suarez at third. Duvall slash Shebler in left. Billy Hamilton in center. Jesse Winker in right field. That's an offense that can score some runs. That is an offense that can score some runs. And I'm going to tell you this. If we're really fantasizing, though, and people can be mad at me about this if they want, but if we're really fantasizing, that's Dilson Herrera at second. There you go. Dilson Herrera can hit. I don't know that he can play defensively anywhere other than second, but, yeah. I mean. He, he can hit. Yeah, if he's healthy, he can hit. Yeah. So, uh, so then you go. Still, by the way, this is this just bears repeating. Um, Dilson Herrera, year and a half younger than Alex Blandino and only about a year older than Nick Senzel. Yeah. Yeah, and has been in the big leagues. Uh, you know, he's had a cup of coffee a couple times anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and has been a, a top prospect, uh, a highly regarded prospect anyway. Um, here's here's a fun question. Talking about this fantasy lineup. Um, last year, the major league average on base percentage was three twenty four. In that lineup, how many players are not at least major league average in terms of getting on base? One. I agree. I mean, I think there's just one that would not. I mean, even Tucker Barnhart, who's the other sort of oh, uh, okay. soft spot, he's he's he doesn't have much power, but he he gets on base. Right. He's got a good command of the strike zone. So, and, and what a change that is from a few years ago. Sure, sure. I absolutely. mean, looking at guys where the default in the Reds lineup is somebody with an on base percentage of like three fifty. And and that's the difference between having uh, Jose Peraza at shortstop. Who I, and I st- I'm not ready to give up on Peraza. I think he's still young as well, and he could still be a good player, but. You know, I don't know that you can. I'm not going to bet the ranch on him being an above average uh, on base guy. And you know, one of the things that like I think people forget in terms of sort of the value of on base percentage. Think about how many pitches Joey Votto sees in a typical day. Yeah. Do you remember those Red Sox teams back when they finally won the World Series? How almost grueling it was to watch them play because of how they worked the count. They just work all those pitchers, get them deep into counts, and then, you know, they by the fifth inning, they're done. Even if they're pitching well. Yes, exactly. That's exactly the point. So then you're getting whoever the reliever is that they will bring out if they have to bring somebody out in the sixth versus eight, the eighth. Yeah. No, it's a, it, it's a big just, deal. It's huge. It's, it's incredible. And that's also, you know, I'm getting off – on a tangent here, but it's also why like we will sometimes harp about the Reds pitchers and walks because if their pitch count gets too high, they've got to come out and you feel a lot different when it's, I don't know, random guy I've already forgot about coming out of the bullpen versus, you know, Iglesias. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Blake Wood, Blake Wood uh, for yeah. past years. Um, but th- th- I want, I want you to think about here. What is Coffee and Votto going to look like if Jesse Winker's leading off and either Senzel or Suarez are batting second ahead of Joey Votto? Imagine it. He may... He'll get well, 600 RBIs in one season. He, I was going to say he'll have like 150 RBIs. Yeah. Because, like, what... I mean, if Senzel is remotely what we think he's going to be, how do you, as a pitcher, do you even deal with that? And then you've got what... Either Senzel or Suarez behind Votto, one presumes. Right, yeah. I mean, you, uh, and and then still we're not, we're not talking about, you know, yeah. Duvall slash Shebler, you know. Um, 
with some some pop behind there. The Reds could score a lot of runs. Also, that's a circumstance where I could imagine Votto just hitting 45 home runs because all of a sudden he's getting pitches. You think pitchers are going to pitch to Votto regardless of who's around him? I'm still not sure. No, no, I don't. I don't really think they're going to pitch to him, but I can see them getting to a point where they weigh their options and they would rather try to get him out than have like the bases loaded for a Eugenio Suarez. That's, that's um, not a great option for a, an opposing pitcher. No, it's a terrible option. And <laughs> yeah. God, I love the idea. Yeah, it's fantastic. So see, so. just this one change. The idea that we thought Senzel maybe June 1st is going to be, you know, the second baseman. Move him to short, and all of a sudden, I don't know, you know, I've, I've been a little bit uh, pessimistic not really the word, but I've not been real happy the last little bit, as uh, Hunter Green was sure to uh, point out to me. I've been a little bit uh, down. But, man, that just that, that one change, it gets me thinking, wait a minute, all of a sudden, this starts to look a lot different. Yeah. Uh, exciting, huh? Yes. Yes. As long as, and we do need to say this, Everyone listening, everyone, Jesse Winker needs to play every day. If he doesn't get 550 at bats, um, I just don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Yeah, you know, if if we're on op- at opening day, I have been uh, I have not been as critical of uh, Reds manager Brian Price uh, as most. Nor have I. Yeah, and I think he has some uh, some some you know qualities, some traits that are uh, admirable, and I don't think he's been as bad as everyone says. But let me tell you, if Jesse Winker's hitting seventh and Billy Hamilton's leading off on opening day, I'm done with Brian Price. I will never defend him again. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no excuse. And you know me. I love If you've listened to the podcast, you know I love Billy. I'm the biggest Billy Hamilton yep. fan that you're going to find. Um, but he needs to be about in eighth or ninth. Yep. And, and is there any justification for not – for sort of batting – Winker at the bottom and Hamilton at the top. I mean, what, is no, there any justification barring. at all? Can you tell me anything? Not, not barring some weird miracle in spring training where Hamilton comes and is suddenly walking like 20% of the time. Um, no, I mean, you know, Hamilton is, this is going to be like what, his age, 27 or 28 year. He kind of is who he's going to be at this point. At least that's what you have to assume, which is overall probably still an, an average to above average player, but not somebody who should hit the top of your lineup. Well, average to above average just because he's elite defensively. Yeah, um, and on the bases, yeah. And on the bases, right. Um, so he will be 27, age 27 season this year. So, and, and you know what? Listen, I know I'm a Billy Hamilton. You know how I am. I'm obsessive. Yeah. But I'm not willing to admit that he won't be league average on base uh, this it's year, age twenty seven. You know, last year or not last year, but two thousand sixteen, he was right at the league average, like maybe a point below it. Yeah, age twenty seven. You know, okay, he did take a step backwards last year. There's no question about it, and I was disappointed in uh, what he did uh, at the plate. But what what if he's batting eighth and can be you know league average or somewhere in that neighborhood? Listen, if you can, you can. Given his defense, you can be a very good baseball team with Billy Hamilton getting 600 at-bats at the bottom of the order. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's no question about it. There's absolutely no question about it. I think that the key, though, is the last thing you said there. Uh, Where did you say in the order? At the bottom of the order. I love Billy. He does so many fun things. He's fun to watch. And Hamilton, really, he is the perfect example, like the perfect perfect example of when you should bat a position player ninth. Yes. 
Because make him a, a, effectively a second leadoff hitter who just doesn't get his first leadoff at bat until like the third inning. Yeah, he doesn't get as many at bats as the actual leadoff hitter, which is what you want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But when he but, does get on, he's yeah, you know, he does uh, you know uh, energetic things on the bases, and he's still got these good hitters hitting behind him. Yeah. So, Precisely. Yeah. No, I mean, I think uh, he's going to bat leadoff on opening day, isn't he? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I hope that the front office, because I do believe this front office is, um, they're smarter you know than a lot of people give them credit for. And I, I think, I think they may drop the, drop the bomb on price. You got to, you got to bet him eight or nine. I think the front office is smart. And I also think, frankly, the Reds players, I think largely due to the influence of Votto have become a lot more sort of saber friendly for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, there seems to be a lot of buying into Votto's approach. If you and if you hear, you know, a guy who, you know, just lost the MVP by, a, you know, a fingernail, um, say, you know, whatever you can bat me lead off for a second or whatever, like somebody who gets that and understands it, then it's a lot easier for you to buy into it because, like, you know, who I don't care who you are, anybody else on that team, I don't care if you're Nick Senzel or Jesse Winker or or whoever, if Joey Votto is cool with something, who are you to be like, man, I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. And you Sit know, down, dude. <laughs> the influence, you know, he's not a coach and I don't want to uh, put too much on Votto, uh, but his influence, he's having an influence. And just the, the quotes you've seen from Eugenio Suarez, for example, you know, he's teaching the guys that want to learn, the guys that want to uh, pick up things from. He's there and he's available, and certainly it's it's helped Eugenio Suarez's career. And you got to hope that it will with most. Did you see Suarez today, by the way, when he reported to oh, camp? Yes, I did. That's quite the hair. Oh my gosh, it's glorious. His hair looks as gray as yours, Jason. I have fabulous hair, Chad. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Um, no, Suarez showed up today with the silver hair. It was bizarre. He looked like uh, I don't know who has silver hair. Uh, not a 26 year old or 25 year old Harper get silver hair for a while. Last Did he? Year? I think so. Okay. So here's, here's since we're fantasizing, I love Billy, but let's trade him straight up for Mike trout. And then the red sign trout to, you know, I don't know, a seven year deal. If you put trout in center field, pretty good lineup. Yeah. But then the question is still, can the pitching stay healthy? Oh, we're going to talk about that in just a second. I'm trying to fantasize here, Jason. Why are you trying to bring me back to reality? Oh, I'm a teacher, Chad. It's my job to crush dreams. All right. Well, you just crushed mine. So um, I'm going to get out of this Sinzel shortstop, Mike Trout center field mode. And I think that's a I, very, very good question. Go ahead. What do what, what you got? Oh, well, I was going to say, boy, Nick Sinzel at shortstop one more time. Like, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but shall we talk about the rotation? Yeah, let's talk about the rotation. But hold on one moment. I, I agree with you. Let's just take a second. Just everyone listening, just visualize a, uh, Eugenio Suarez at third. Votto at first, Senzel, Nick Senzel at shortstop for the next few years. Yeah. Oh I, don't even care. I don't care who's at second base. Yeah. That, that's a glorious infield. Yes. <sighs> okay. All right. No, no, no. Let me, let me just, I want to envision it a little bit longer. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the uh, starting rotation because that's, you know, uh, pitchers and catchers reported this week, as I said, in, in, at redlegnation.com. I had a little piece where I talked about some of the most important questions that are facing the Reds this spring training. What are the questions they need to answer? And and my number one question was, can this starting rotation stay healthy? Because they certainly haven't uh, in the past, uh, not since, what, 2012 or whatever. But um, 
And not just can they stay healthy, but who's going to be in that rotation? And Brian Price gave us some uh, sort of a hint about who's in the in the mix. Uh, you want to talk about that a little bit, Jason? Um, yeah, sure. I will actually say that the way it was initially reported versus when we you know got the full quote, I really have very little issue with this. This sounds like a fairly good plan to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the deal is that Castillo. Bailey and uh, DeSclafani are all in, presuming health. Hold on, we're talking about Homer Bailey, yeah, Luis Castillo, yep. and Antonio DeSclafani. Yes, thank you. I just I had to get that in there. We don't and, ha- we don't have Luis Alberto Bonilla anymore, so now it's <laughs> Antonio DeSclafani. <laughs> I'm gonna look back at these uh, podcasts at some point. Well, I'm already embarrassed about it. So anyway, continue, Jason. So that's fine. I don't think anybody argues with that. Yeah, those guys uh, are healthy. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, the one where there had been kind of some debate, and I guess sort of Price had said something about this in, in the middle of the winter, was whether or not Brandon Finnegan should be an automatic spot. And he hinted that maybe he he was, but, but this, yeah. this week he sort of walked that back a little bit, didn't right. he? Right. And now it's more a, it's kind of his spot to lose, which I can live with that. That's mm-hmm. fine. And then it's between Romano and Stevenson for the fifth slot, which is what I think everybody thought. Um, and then the really interesting thing to me is how I they're agree. dealing with sort of the remaining prospects. Um, it has been explicitly stated now that essentially barring something odd, um, Amir Garrett and Tyler Molly are going to be like 1-2 or 2-1 or whatever in AAA. Um, well, actually, wasn't it Tyler Molly and Michael Lorenzen that were going to get a shot at that fifth spot? Isn't that what I read? Maybe I'm well, not. they're they're the extreme outside things, and so then Lorenzen, if he doesn't miraculously okay, right. in the spot, will be in the bullpen. Yeah, what you said is the same is consistent with yeah. what I said. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and so then, but they were ta- weren't talking about Garrett in terms of mix for the rotation, and I was kind of mm-hmm. worried because I really don't like the idea of him as a reliever. I think having seen him when he has things working, I think he really has the repertoire to be a starter. And then, you know, there's learning that he was apparently playing hurt and not telling anybody about it for most of the year last year. Um, so I'd like to see him get another shot and I'm totally fine with him going down to triple a showing that he's got his act together. Sure. Um, it sounds like Cody Reed is kind of destined for the bullpen, which is frankly, I think we've all been hearing noise about that for quite some time. Um, well, kind of, but not entirely. They've not, they've not yeah. closed. They've not closed that chapter. Right. They haven't closed the door, but it, you know, everything they're saying to me sounds like an entirely rational way to proceed, which is just continues to be so comforting. Like, <laughs> it's not often that the Reds are rational, right? Right. It's like, it's, it's not like, well, I would do it exactly this way. I don't know if I would or not, but I don't have a problem with this. I don't look at this and go, well, this is dumb. It's reasonable. Right. Yeah, it's reasonable. It's like, okay, and you know, and it, it gets into the circumstance where I can be like, well, okay, this seems reasonable given what I know, and they totally know more than I do. So, well, they don't know more than I do, but they do probably know more than well, you, yes. Right. We know uh, yeah, and we're not all all knowing in the way that you are. That's uh, true. Well, you know, it's my cross to bear. Let's yes. break it let's break it down a little bit. All right. The first three, Homer Bailey, yes. um yes. Luis Castillo, yes, Antonio Disclavani. <laughs> <laughs> this ridiculous accent I have makes it even worse when I say that. Um, so Castillo, okay, absolutely. If he's healthy, 100% guarantee that's your guy. I mean, no question, right? Right. And he's never really dealt with injury as far as I'm aware. Yeah. So, uh, But again, P- 
pitchers are pitchers and they can get hurt, but I mean, yeah. he, he's the, he's the top of the rotation. If, if these are the guys we're talking about, he's number one. Yeah. Well, maybe, I don't know. Uh, Anthony DiScalfani has not been healthy very much, but if he's healthy and he is healthy now, there's only one pitcher in Reds camp. I think that, uh, is sort of in the mix that's not healthy, and that's rookie Davis, I think. But the rest of them are all healthy and ready to go, full speed. So Di Scalfani and, and Castillo, if they're healthy, I mean, I think those are no-brainers. Yeah. Based on what they've done in the past, right? Yeah, no, absolutely no question. And Reds fans have probably forgotten about Di Scalfani. I, I, I sort of get that sense. He's And I, don't, I guess I understand why he's not been around, but I think Di Scalfani's really good at pitching baseballs. Yeah. He's oh. very good at pitching baseballs. <laughs> I mean, uh, how old is Di Scalfani now? I mean, he's, uh, what's he, let's see here. 20-something. He's still in his 20s. Yeah, 27. 27. Um, and, you know, what people sort of forget is he didn't pitch at all last year, of course, but in 2016, I mean, 3.28 ERA. Yeah. 130 ERA plus. I mean, he was in, in 123 innings, and the year before he pitched 184 innings. So, I mean, this is a guy that he's been injured the last couple of years, and it's been awful. But uh, he was a three-win player at age 26. Yeah, here's like... In basically two-thirds of the season. Yeah, well, I was going to say, here are, I guess, just a couple of things to throw out there. One is that, and I was thinking about this when you brought up his age, If things, even if things don't go according to plan, the only players in their 30s likely to get significant playing time are Joey Votto and Homer Bailey. Yeah. Everybody else is in their 20s, many of them relatively early 20s early to mid um i'm still in my then, 20s jason whatever gets you up in the morning man <laughs> um and uh di Sclafani, he had according to fan graphs at least 1.9 wins above replacement in uh 2016 when he I'm last looking, pitched i'm looking at baseball reference that has three so you know they have different yeah. well, methodologies but by fan graphs that would have him as the 23rd best pitcher in the national league last year Golly, that's not bad. That's not bad. No, it's not. So I mean, uh, I mean, he's a guy that's a number two starter if healthy. Again, that's a big or that word "if" is we're just going to have to dispense with it because that's a big you know question. But if he is healthy, as he, everybody says he is, if he can stay healthy, that's a number two starter. Yeah, immediately inserted into the rotation. It very much is taking Scott Feldman's spot in the rotation. Can I can I have an aside by the way because I'm just thinking about pitchers and injuries and things like that. Sure. You know what I did not realize until I was poking around like Baseball Reference the other day. Let's hear it, Jason. The Astros won the World Series last year and they did not have a single pitcher qualify for the ERA title. How's that possible? I don't know. But they, they, were, they had they no good. qualified pitchers. Their top pitcher had had like 150 some innings. Well, you got to have some depth to be able to do that. I'm not sure the Reds have enough depth to be able to match no, that. No, I'm but, not either. But it's, it's just, amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it just says something about how much the game has changed. Well, that's uh, true. You know, it's, it's you know one of the – we all talk about the launch angles and the exit velocities uh, in terms of the offense, but I think watching a guy would not let him get a third time through the lineup, I think there's a lot – I think we're going to get more uh, – Specialism. Uh, is, is that a word? Specialism? More specialization. Special, <laughs> specialization. For those of you scoring at home, that's... Oh, man. Uh, what, what are you, like an English teacher or I, something? I might be. <laughs> I might be. That's that's an error on Mr. Dotson, and he has until Monday to hand in his correction. I didn't go to English school, man. 
I went to law school, not English school. Um, so anyway, there's going to be a lot more of that. But that's that's fascinating. I had no idea. Yeah, I, it was just something I tripped across, and I was like, well, how about that? Um, yeah. But yeah, so all right, so we've got Disco, and we've got uh, Castillo. Two guys that were not on the opening day, in the opening day rotation last year, two guys that could, I don't think you're really getting too crazy by saying they could both be, you know, number two type starters this year, two or three type stars that were not in the Reds opening day rotation last year. Correct. Yes. I mean, Castillo is an, is an, a, a potential ace. He's an ace I'm, waiting to happen. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, he could, he could legitimately be one of the top, you know, three or four starters in the national league this year. I mean, I, I, I don't think that's talking crazy. I mean, um, as a matter of fact, I think Jeff Sullivan at Fangrass.com said something similar today. This guy, is, he's ready. Yeah. yeah. Is he going to execute? Well, who knows with pitchers, but he's got every every reason to believe he's got a very high ceiling. So The only reason he's not already talked about as an ace is that he hasn't had a full season of doing it yet. And he was a reliever for a lot of his uh, – that's another thing. He doesn't have a lot of innings in his arm uh, but uh, or that have been used up in his arm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's – He's not been a starter that long, so that's why he wasn't way up on all the uh, all the prospect lists. So, right. Yeah. So, okay, those guys are healthy. Since we're in our fantasy world here, you got a number yeah. one and a number two starter that you did not have to start last season. Yes. Now, now Homer Bailey, he's the third in that trio of guys that Brian Price has said if they're healthy, those guys are in, and and I agree with that. Um, but you know, Homer Bailey has yeah. not been healthy in a while. Um, do you do you agree with him being in that in that group of in that group of three? I think he has to be unless he proves he can't do it anymore because of money. Uh, well, because of money, but also just because he's kind of been there. Like I do think to some extent, I'm not as high or as sold on Homer as I think a lot of people are. But even for me, toward the end of last season, he seemed to kind of get it together, and I'm ready to just kind of see what he's got. I mean, there's no reason to think that he, I don't, I just think he, he needs to be able to be given the chance to prove it or not. Um, and yeah, like just, just give him the chance. And if, if, if he can't do it anymore, it'll probably be apparent fairly quickly. Um, and he's getting far enough along in his contract that I don't think the Reds at this point are going to feel obligated to keep running somebody out there who's getting shelled when they have better options. Um, how old, but, is, how, how old is uh, you may be looking at it right now, but how old is Homer Bailey right now? Um, I think he's 32. 31 right now. Hasn't yeah. Tur- hasn't turned 32 this, yet. This will um, be his age 32 season, though. Yes. So, I mean, he's, yeah. he's been around forever, it yeah. seems like, but he's not, you know, he's not 37. No. Yeah, give him a shot. I mean, we'll see what he does. Um, you know, one of the things about Homer also is that he seems to know himself a lot better, I guess, than he used to. Um and there is something about those guys who are kind of, you know, kind of figure it out and somehow they lose their stuff a little bit, but they kind of manage to continue being good for a long time. Um, and you never know. I, I think he's earned it, basically, the the opportunity uh, to try at least. I agree. And it's and, 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 though people will claim it's because of the money. And I tried to I tried to lead you into that one and you didn't take the bait, which I appreciate. No, he he absolutely. You know, at age, his age 26, 27, 28 seasons. And when he was healthy, he wasn't the ace that we'd all hoped he'd be, but, I mean, but yeah. he was good. I mean, he was, you right. know, um, a legitimate uh, big league starter and, and uh, you know, uh, not just a, a four or five starter, a legitimate starter. So 
you know, and go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, and you know, what's worth when we're talking about these guys, and I think this is something that people need to keep in perspective because. I know I do this. I, I think you do some too, is that I'll toss out like a projection or I'll say something about how the Reds might be pretty decent this year. And they're like, well, blah, blah. It's only this much upgrade or whatever. But you have to remember that when we're talking about pitchers, if say Castillo and Disco and Homer are healthy and they're all year, they're not replacing say, I don't know, like Feldman, right? Mm-hmm. They're replacing the kinds of starts that they that we got out of like Bronson Arroyo and your good friend Luis Alberto Bonilla. Come on, say that. Say that, you gotta give me a better effort than that. Come on. I, I'm sorry. That's all I've got at this at this point. <sighs> that's that's, that's what they're replacing them, right? Yeah. It's, it's not. So they're replacing the, the Asher Wojciechowski's. Those type of yeah, starts. Yeah. Scrap heap guys. Yeah. Not the like you know competent major leaguer guys. The competent major leaguer guys are now just being pushed down into the third, fourth, fifth type slots. Exactly. You know, and, and Homer Bailey, okay, he's not been healthy, and I don't know that he'll ever get back to this uh, level, but I, as far as I can tell, he's the only guy that's going to be on the Red staff this year that's ever thrown 200-plus innings in the major leagues. He's done that a couple times. So, yeah. you know, um, we're not going to get 200 out of him this year probably, but I don't. I really think he could be a league average starter this year. Um, I don't know that I'd expect a whole lot more out of that out of him than that. But there's value in a league average starter, and I think he can. I think he can be that guy. Yeah, I agree. And wouldn't it be fun after all the you know the 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 drama of his career where he was the phenom, and then you know the injury, he hit some heights, and then the injuries. Wouldn't it be interesting to see him have sort of a second act where he's or a third act really, where he's yeah. you know just a, a competent uh, sort of veteran presence, the innings eater type guy that's not going to blow anybody away, but he's also going to be in have a chance to be in anybody's rotation. Wouldn't that be? I mean, wouldn't that be fun? That would be fun. I can live with that. Um, yeah, this will be his twelfth season in the big leagues. That's <laughs> crazy. That's completely amazing. It is so. Uh, Okay, so those right. three. Now I want to ask you about the, sort of the, the next one on the list. I guess he was kind of, I guess by himself was Finnegan, right? Brandon Finnegan? Yeah, he was on his own in the little like 3 1 2 2 arrangement or whatever. So Brandon Finnegan, you know, I don't know what to think about him. I mean, Brandon Finnegan has a live arm. Yeah. He, uh, he was pretty good last year in the time he's been there. Everyone's sort of always said, well, this guy's going to be a, this guy's going to be a reliever. I've gone on the record of saying, no, I think he has the stuff to be a starter, but uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, Brandon right. Finnegan, this is his age 25 season. I mean, he, he's still young too. He's younger than right. Stevenson and uh, Garrett. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, he's had, you know, half of a good season in the big leagues. Yeah. Um, as a starter. I mean, he, he had some time as a starter, as yeah. a reliever. He was just amazing. Got him a world series ring out of it, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Not uh, with the Reds, Jason. No, no, sadly. No, that was the Royals. Sadly not. Uh, but, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what to think about him. Let's see what happens when he shows up, I guess. Um, you don't have any problem with him being sort of the next the next guy? If he, if he no, performs well and he's healthy, give it to I can him. see it being an it's-his-to-lose job. And, you know, I like the fact that they are basically like he could back his way out of it in a hurry. Yeah. Um, you know, where they're like he needs to show up and show us that he's still got it and then he can do it. Um, yeah, they're not so, committed to him, but right. It's, but you know, it's also that kind of like, it gives him the, you have been here a little bit 
you know, kind of respect or whatever um, that I think matters a lot to baseball players. Sure. Um, while also making it clear that you haven't been here that long. And also, he's 25, uh, or going to be 25, and he's actually had more success than in, in the big leagues than a lot of these other young guys that are in the mix. So, I, I mean, I think he is probably a half step ahead of everyone else, and I don't have any problem with him if he pitches well in spring training and he's completely healthy, saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to roll with you, and uh, we've got other options if you can't do it, but I'm good with it. Right. Yeah, I'm 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 fine with that. How yeah. they're how they're proceeding with that. Now the question is, how do you think he's going to do? Do you think he's a starter? Or do you think he's a reliever long term? I don't know. It's hard to tell at this point. I really, I, especially with I mean, he only threw 13 innings last year. 172 so, though has a 23 year old. Right. No, but I'm just saying I have no idea. Like it's he basically has had a year off, and you never know what kind of effect yeah. that's got on somebody. Um. You know, some some guys come back fine, and some guys come back, and they're never quite the same. Um, we just don't know, I, I you know. Um, and we'll we'll sure find out. Yeah, you know, he's a guy that a lot of people will go on the record as saying this guy's a reliever, and he may be. There's some peripherals that give me some cause for concern. On the other hand, as a 23 year old in the big leagues, he threw 172 innings and a you know 107 ERA plus. So it's above average. Some of his peripherals, again, he he walks too many. Um, but twenty three year old, uh, it makes me think. Gosh, you've got to give this guy a shot if he's healthy. You just if you can't do it, fine, whatever. You've got a great left handed reliever. But I don't see any reason not to just play out the string on him and see if he can be a starter because how many of our other guys have been uh, that good at the big league level in that many innings at age twenty three? I mean, there are not that many people around the league that have done that. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, so, so he's your fourth guy. Yeah, right. Everybody's healthy. Now, the next two guys were Sal Romano and Robert Stevenson, right? Yeah. And I think based on the way the season ended this year, I would probably say Romano's got a slight edge because I think yeah. Romano just had a – he had a really – he blew me away with what he did. Yeah. Uh, in his rookie season last year, so you got to think Romano is probably probably the leader in the clubhouse if everybody's healthy. Do you yeah, agree with that? there are there are different camps, but I think so, especially because you know what it comes down to for me, and I will just keep saying this forever. Um, Stevenson clearly improved toward the end of last year, but what he did not clearly do was get a handle on his control sufficiently. A little bit better, but you're right, not. All the way there, right? Um, and, you know, it's one of those deals where if you're going to walk four or five batters a game, you're going to be in the bullpen. Eventually. Like, that's where you're going to land. Yeah. Although Stevenson, former number one pick, he's going to get every single opportunity Yeah. to be a yeah, starter, he isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, he, I guess he probably should. But, um, but he did seem to really start to figure it out a little bit last year. And if he continues, I mean, we'll see. There are a whole lot worse things than having – you know, too many good major league starting pitchers. Right. And there's going to be, there are going to be injuries. And so they both may get a chance to make a lot of starts. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah, I, I lean Romano too. I'm with you. Um, though I will say this and, you know, I guess if it were just me, I would kind of be leaning Tyler Molly. 
Well, we're going to talk about him in a second, and I agree with you on that. I'm going to give you a chance to make your case in a moment. But if we're talking about for that fifth spot, the way they've set it up, I say I lean Romano, and the reason I say that is because he's going to be 24 next year is all, and he had a really successful rookie season. Um, But Stevenson, he's going to be just 25 next year, and I'm telling you, man, when Robert Stevenson is hitting the strike zone, I don't think, other than maybe Roselle Iglesias, I don't think, and maybe Luis Castillo, I don't know, but Stevenson is just magical. Now, he doesn't hit the strike zone often enough, and that's been the problem. But when he yeah. does, his stuff is just, it's uh, incomprehensibly good. And so uh, I don't know that if I'm basing it on sheer stuff and they both have a good spring, I don't know that I don't go Stevenson, even though Romano, you know, should have a, a little bit of an edge based on his performance last year. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I just, I don't know. It's hard. It's a hard call. Um, I'm still pretty skeptical on Stevenson. Um, sure. But I've just I've not ever seen it really all work for that long of a period of time. I just need I need a little more from him before I can before I can trust him. But I understand where you're coming from with that. Uh, I mean, my eyes bug out during those short stints where he's throwing strikes because big league hitters cannot hit him. Um, now the next two guys that were sort of uh, a little bit below those guys were uh, Tyler Molly and Michael Lorenzen, and both fascinating because I yes. think I think if I if I'm with you, and I'm going to let you make the case on Tyler Molly. I might have have him bumped up into that next spot with uh, Stevenson and Romano. Yeah, I I would. Um, I mean, I might play the service time game with Tyler Molly a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if, you know, from a business standpoint. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's his numbers in the minor leagues have just been beyond outstanding. Uh, a little bit of control hiccups when he came up last year, but I think we can attribute that to rookie jitters. Um, but was still effective. Yeah, it was still effective, but you know th- that that was a thing, I suppose. Sure. At but, age at age twenty two in the big leagues, he had a hiccup or two. Darn, you know, let's give up on him, right? He's younger than everybody else. <laughs> yes. He's been younger than everybody else at every level he's ever pitched at, and, and better than everybody else at every level he's ever pitched at. He's outperformed everybody else. Yeah. You've said this before here on the podcast, and I'm going to repeat uh, what you say. At some point, it's got to be about results. And yes. he's had better results than anyone up to this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have the stuff of Stevenson, but he sure can get hitters out. Yep. So you yeah, think exactly. you lean to him for the fifth guy? I, if it were just me, yeah. If it were just me, Tyler Molly is my fifth starter, and the job is his to lose. I think he should at least be in the mix with those guys. Yeah. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, I think the other guy they named, who I was really happy to see in this mix, being mentioned as a guy has a chance of winning a spot in the starting rotation. And I don't know if it's just lip service to the guy, but uh, Michael Lorenzen, who, of course, is just going to be 26 this year and who has a number of times expressed his uh, desire to be a starting pitcher in the big leagues. They're going to, although he's been a reliever pretty much, well, since his first year. He started some his first year, but. Yeah, um, they're going to give him. It sounds like a legitimate shot to win a spot in the rotation. Uh, I think that's a great idea. What do you think? Eh, I'm mixed. Come I, on, I man. Guess... Hold on. Don't you come on this podcast and not agree with me about everything? Oh, <laughs> Chad, have you been here before? <laughs> that's true. You do tend to disagree with me occasionally. Um, yeah, I get why some people are kind of fixated on him. Uh. 
the Reds have been really apprehensive to do it. The numbers, to me at least, back up the reasons they've been apprehensive to do it. I suppose there's no harm in giving him a shot, but I'm not I'm not real sold, especially because, you know, at some point you've got to make decisions. Um, and if you're going to agree that all of these guys need to be in the major leagues, then some of them need to be in the bullpen. Um, and, you know, it's, sure, it's, it's, it's something to figure out who those bullpen guys are going to be, but uh, I don't know. I just – I have very mixed feelings about it. No, I think that's I think that's reasonable. I just don't see any reason not to try it. I think the Reds should have tried it before now. As a matter of fact, I mean, he's a young guy with a live arm. He wants to start. Why not? Yeah. Why not give it a shot? Yes, last year they sure should have tried it at some point. What's What's the downside? Yeah, I mean, what happens if he fails as a starter? Michael Frenzen versus like, you know, ten starts of uh, Asher Wojciechowski. Yeah, like Tim Adelman. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'll agree with that. Um, I think that was a lot of that was also going on at a time though when the bullpen was the only thing holding the team together, so it was mm-hmm. maybe a little hard to pull him out of there. Sure, I get it. But, but, but yeah, no, I, I I agree. What happens if they try him as a starter and he's a complete and utter failure as a starter? What's what's the well, worst case scenario? And he's a relief pitcher who is very good. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I look at it. Give him a legitimate shot. Maybe you'll find a diamond in the rough. Maybe you'll catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe you'll find a different cliche to use. But if it doesn't work, you still got a pretty good relief pitcher with a pretty live arm on your hand. So, yeah. uh, you know, I don't. Uh, I think there's no downside to giving him a shot. I hope they're giving him a legitimate shot, and, and I think it's encouraging that Brian Price said. But now uh, they did say as well, if he doesn't win a spot, he's not going to AAA to start. He's going to be back in the, in the bullpen, which I'm fine with. Right. Other, and uh, Michael Lorenzen doesn't want to go back to AAA. No, gosh, no. No, I'm sure not. He'd much, he'd much rather be a major league relief pitcher than a AAA starter. You know what? I would, too. Yeah, me, too. <laughs> so the other two guys that are weren't really named specifically by Brian Price, but are kind of in the mix, and we've heard some talk about them this week, are, of course, a couple of guys that we've already mentioned here today, Amir Garrett and Cody Reed. Now, you have made the statement earlier in the podcast that uh, looks like that if the things go the way they expect them to, Tyler Molly and Amir Garrett are probably going to be one-two in AAA. Yeah. Uh, Cody Reed, they said this week, uh, and it's really sort of an interesting back and forth in, in a couple of the articles that I read, some quotes from the guys, is that he's, Cody Reed is, you know, they still see him as maybe a starter long-term, but they're also looking very closely at him as a reliever on the big league roster. Not just a reliever, but Brian Price said that if he's a reliever, he's, it's not going to be like last year when he gets mop-up innings. They're going to look to move him into a an important role in the bullpen. And of course, he's a lefty, and he's got a live arm, and you know he, that's a good thing for the bullpen. But Cody Reed, on the other hand, said basically, I've got to wow them because I want to be a starter. Um, I want to show them that I'm the guy they traded for and that has been the big, yeah. you know, the big prospect. And uh, he, it doesn't sound like he's resigned to being a reliever. Again, Cody Reed was just going to be 25 this year as well, so still young. Um, so he's either going to be a reliever. I don't, we don't know what's going to happen with him. It's going to depend on what we see. But he's either going to be a reliever in the big leagues or uh, uh, maybe the number three starter in AAA. And, and I guess I, you can make a pretty good case uh, for either of those. So I want to ask yeah. you a little bit more about Garrett in a moment. But what's your opinion on Reed? I think Reed should be in the mix for up there with Molly and uh, – and Lorenzen, in my opinion, but what do I know? 
I would disagree with you there a little bit just because I think Reed needs to, to show evidence that he's got his head on straight. Um, whereas I don't think Molly and Lorenza need to do that. Um, and I, I really actually, I think I really agree with the Reds on this. I think in terms of, okay, this is what I will say. I have, I think as everybody who listens knows, I've watched a lot of bats games the last few years. That's the Louisville bats, uh, Jason. They're a triple A baseball team. Yes, they are a triple A baseball team. They are the triple A baseball team for the, the Reds of Cincinnati. Yes, that's, that's true. And the only two pitchers I have regularly seen, and for whatever reason, my my schedule and, and Tyler Molly's did not sync up well last year, so I, I don't know that I saw him pitch more than once in Louisville. But the only two pitchers I've seen in Louisville who were consistently who consistently looked like they did not belong in AAA, like they looked like they belonged in the majors, were Cody Reed and Amir Garrett, much more so than Robert Stevenson ever did. Um, they would have games where they were just so far beyond their competition that it just wasn't even like, you know, you might as well have been, have been playing against a little league team. Um, that said, you know, Cody Reed has had a lot of issues that seem to reside mostly in his own noggin. Um, and he's going to have to show that he's put that away. You know, even last year, I don't know that he ever really got it in hand um, as much as his results in, in Louisville were kind of better, but the peripherals weren't. He was still walking a lot of guys, still throwing a lot of pitches. Um, so his end result might be as a relief pitcher, and people have been talking about him for years as somebody who might land as a relief pitcher, um, largely from lack of a really good third pitch. Um but we'll see. I, you know, I think I like him as a starter in AAA or a reliever who's going to get real usage. Um, I think either one of those could be fine. And I like him ultimately as a starter in the major leagues. But if you're in a circumstance where you have to make a choice with him and he's not one of your top five starters, um, then I'm, I'm certainly fine with the route the Reds are going. I don't think it's unreasonable for him to be thought of as a relief pitcher now, nor is it unreasonable for him to be held in reserve as a starter. Yeah, and I think that what I was going to say actually was that I don't think anything you've just said is unreasonable, but I think I look at, look at it a little bit differently. I think that uh, other than Luis Castillo, I disagree with me on your podcast. Oh, can you believe that? It's really not a very nice thing to do. <laughs> other than Luis Castillo, who's a different level, when we're talking about these young pitchers, maybe it's just some. I don't know what I'm seeing in Cody Reed. I think he's got a higher ceiling than you know Sal Romano and. Um, Robert Stevens, maybe not Robert Stevenson. I guess his ceiling is way up there, but Amir Garrett and, uh, you know, Jackson Stevenson was a 23 year old when he made his debut last year and rookie Davis and, uh, Tyler Molly. I, there's something I see at a, at a read. I'm not ready to give up on him as a starter. I would rather him if he can't earn the fifth starter spot this year, which is clearly he can't, it appears coming out of spring training. I would much rather them go ahead and, Send him to AAA, let him start consistently, just to see if he can get those things worked out, rather than than going ahead and making that decision. I don't, I don't see why to, why you need to. He's you know he'll be 25 this year. I don't know why you got to go ahead and make that decision right now. And I'm afraid if he's on the opening day roster as a reliever, then he's a reliever. That's what he is forever. And I just think there's more uh, out of him. I'm 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 not ready to give up on him yet. So, uh, I, you know, again, the Reds know more than I do about Cody Reed, 
about his, uh, you know, sort of his noggin, as you called it, and uh, the the challenges he's going to face to be a, a legitimate big league starter. But from what I've seen, I'm not ready to give up on him. And and I would, I wish he were in this group of of names uh, with Lorenz and all the rest of them that are going to get a shot at a, a starting spot this year. And uh, I, I I was really disappointed to see that his name wasn't in there. I really hope they're not leaning towards scrapping the idea of him being a starter because I think he can be. I'm not. I'm not convinced he won't be. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I and I think I agree. I think we're 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 arguing semantics at this point. I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're not far apart there, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm a big Cody Reed fan, and uh, I want to see him be that big lieutenant arm in the in the major league rotation. So. Anyway, uh, any other thoughts about the rotation? Any other names we need to discuss? I don't think really there are any others that are. We caught everybody. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a pretty good it, uh, uh, lay of the land. It's it, it, like I said, it is nice that I feel like it's a rational approach. And it, it's really not a bad group. I mean, you can sort of you don't have to squint too much to see that being a pretty good group of. Uh, you can find five good pitchers out of that. Yes, and I mean, or seven or nine. Said that last year too. <laughs> We did, and then Tim Adelman ended up making more uh, pitching more innings than anyone in the, uh, yeah. on the Red Staff. So, all right, well, um, hey, that's pretty good. Uh, pretty good. Hey, remember, remember Nick Senzel, shortstop. Remember that? Ooh. Oh, that was great, wasn't it? All right, this is uh, Red Leg Nation Radio. Appreciate you downloading, listening. I know you've got a lot of things you can be doing with your time, and it really just uh, I I'm, cannot be more appreciative of the fact that you take some time to spend with uh, with us here. You can follow us at redlegnation.com every single day. That's where we're writing about the Reds. I've been talking about the Reds uh, every day for, gosh, let's see, this is going to be our 13th season talking about the Reds, which is hard to believe, uh, but it's been fun. Even when it's been uh, the team has been bad, it's been fun. On Twitter, uh, at Jason Linden, I'm at Dotson C. Do not follow me. It's not worth it. Uh, but follow Jason for the coffee and Votto at redlegnation on Twitter. Certainly, certainly uh, follow us there where we're following everything going on with the Reds. At all times, go subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. We're going to be there. Subscribe, and, and I do ask it every time. Go leave us a good uh, rating and review at iTunes if you can. Helps people find us, and uh, and I appreciate those of you that have been leaving those reviews because we are uh, people are finding us, and uh, there have been a lot of really kind reviews. Appreciate you guys. We really have some fantastic uh, listeners, even the ones that make fun of me for talking about uh, Virginia basketball. Jason, great talking to you again, buddy. Always good to be here, Chad. It is always good for you to be here, and I'm always glad to talk to you. For Jason Linden, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.